0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Bitcoin Magazine Podcast. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm Graham. Dave, what do we got for our listeners today?
0: Well, as you know, Graham, the Baltic Honey Badger Conference happened not too long ago, last weekend, in fact, and we had a few soldiers on the
1: ground. Well, Dave, I thought that Honey Badger don't care.
0: Yeah, apparently, there's a correction. The Honey Badger does care about Bitcoin.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, so do we. Where is the Honey Badger Conference anyway? Riga, Latvia. Okay, I don't know where that is, but um, what soldiers do we have on the ground there?
0: Well, we had a few, but the one we're featuring today is our very own Vlad Costia.
1: Vlad, baby! He's been crushing these interviews overseas. Way to go, Vlad. For
0: this one, he landed an exclusive interview with Francis Poliat, CEO of Bull Bitcoin, announcing that they have joined Blockstream's liquid network.
1: Ooh, nice.
0: And for a little context, Liquid is an inter-exchange settlement network that links cryptocurrency exchanges and institutions so they can transact in a
1: faster private fashion. Yeah, think of Liquid as a side chain to Bitcoin and perhaps a complement to the Lightning Network. If you're interested in this interview, it is also available on YouTube, so make sure to go check it out over there. We're just youtube.com slash Bitcoin Magazine. There's some other cool stuff on the page there, so make sure to check us out.
0: But real quick, we also want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, CoinMine.
1: We know ads can be a little dry, which is why we try to add a little uh, to them.
0: We'll spice it up a bit.
1: Mm, A little spicy spiciness. But more importantly, uh, in, in all honesty, these sponsors make our show possible. It allows us to explore the topics we want to explore, interview top guests, and bring you the engaging content that we strive to bring you. So please take a moment to lend us your ear. Uh, we would really appreciate it.
0: So, Graham, the Coin Mine One.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. CoinMine Mine One. It's the world's first plug-and-play crypto mining device.
0: That's right. We've been doing these Coin Mine ads for about four episodes now, and I just gotta say, even with the criticism I have heard, these things are really hassle-free.
1: How much Bitcoin have you made, Dave, since we started, Graham? Why don't you go f- yourself? Okay, playing it close to the chest. I can respect that. The CoinMine one
0: really is hassle-free. After you plug it in, you just connect it to Wi-Fi, download the app on your smartphone,
1: and you're all set. Yep, just use the app on your phone to select the coin you want to mine, and then set it into Bitcoin mode so that all your earnings are automatically converted into Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: you know, now that you mention it, it is a pretty cool way to leverage altcoins to stack those sats.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it's what it's all about, right?
0: Yes, siree. And on top of that, the CoinMine is a Bitcoin lightning node. So, sending and receiving Bitcoin with anyone, anywhere, is hassle-free and almost zero cost.
1: That's pretty cool. Very cool. Head over to coinmine.com/bitmag to learn more about the Coinmine One. And if you're ready to start mining, use that link to get fifty dollars off. Give it to him one more time, Graham. Coinmine.com/bitmag. Go do it. Start mining today.
0: Here's Vlad's interview with Francis Pouliaud.
1: Enjoy.
2: Hello, I'm Vlad, and I'm recording this exclusive Bitcoin Magazine interview here at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in Riga. And my guest is Francis Poulio, who has a very big announcement for Bull Bitcoin, and it's about Liquid, right? Yes. You're going to be
3: integrated in Liquid. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, last night, uh, there was a, a meetup uh, at the Baltic Country Budger Conference by Blockstream. And um, uh, Samson Mao was presenting um, the, uh, the liquid software, the element software that they've been el- developing. And I mean, I, I, I had been following uh, sidechains since the beginning, like since essentially, I think late 2014, when they first came out of the paper. Uh, came out with a paper. I had been uh, studying the project, looking at elements and stuff like that. But I think it was time for us to make a move and uh, join the Liquid Federation. So uh, we've uh, we've decided to join uh, Liquid as a as a member. Uh, it's not a feder- federation functionary. It's a member. It's a little bit different. So uh, what this allows us to do? Uh, well, before we, I talk what it allows us to do, uh, I'll say what we're going to do. So the first step for Bull Bitcoins uh, integration is going to be to accept LBTC payments this is fairly easy actually from a technical standpoint because liquid core or elements uh which is the uh the software is like a fork of bitcoin core so if you're able to uh, integrate bitcoin core in your in your business to generate addresses receive payments send payments you know integrating liquid is not different uh it's it's very similar actually uh, so we'll be allowing uh, uh the bull bitcoin users to um uh to to pay with uh the liquid network just as they would for Lightning Network and just as they would for, for Bitcoin. And obviously, uh, if you are buying Bitcoin and bull Bitcoin, we will also uh, uh, be able to send you the Bitcoin via the Liquid Network instead of the Bitcoin main chain, if that's what you want to do. Um, there's, a, there's a few adventures to, to do that. Uh, the This, this uh, integration is uh, first and foremost aimed at um, the trading community. Uh, Canada does not have a lot of good bitcoin trading platforms that have a lot of liquidity so canadians tend to trade on non-canadian platforms like you know bitfinex or bitmax uh platforms that have leverage and platforms that have very deep liquidity Um, However, they don't necessarily want to send an international wire transfer to Bitfinex or to uh, BitMEX. I don't even know if BitMEX accepts wire transfers, actually. Uh, So a lot of uh, the users, they go to bull Bitcoin, they buy Bitcoin there, and then they transfer that Bitcoin to some trading platform in another country, which is very easy for them. Uh, But what would be even better is if that other trading platform, good example, is BitMEX, uh, is accepting uh, Liquid or is integrated with Liquid, uh, then uh, instead of having to send uh, Bitcoin to the user and then the user peg in somewhere else into the Liquid network and then transfer that to BitMEX. Uh, we can send him the, Liquid, uh, uh, the the Bitcoin on Liquid network, he transfers that to BitMEX, uh, leveraging the confidential transactions of Liquid, leveraging the smaller confirmation times of Liquid and the lower fees and then uh, if he wants to cash out from uh, a Bitcoin exchange then he withdraws uh, the Bitcoin using Liquid, goes on our platform And he can sell that uh, Liquid token for fiat directly. So we're removing, for some of the use cases of our users, the need to transfer from Bitcoin to Liquid and do that directly. Um, This is, I mean, it's kind of cool because we don't know where Bitcoin is heading, right? We don't know, is it going to be Lightning Network? Is uh, Liquid the solution for scaling? Is it something else? And I mean, I'm pretty curious to find out. I want to know what the market wants. Uh, I can't say there's like an overwhelming demand on our exchange to integrate Liquid, but I think if we offer the option, some some people uh, might start to develop uh, innovative use cases around that that we haven't thought about. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, the other aspect of becoming a, a Liquid uh, member, uh, because accepting LBTC and sending LBTC is something you can do without being a Liquid member, right? You can run a... Liquid core node, and you can accept that on your website. So why become a member? I mean, the main reason is that um, in the the, uh, Liquid system, um, you need to be a member to peg out and peg in. Otherwise, you need to go through, uh, uh, if you're not a member, you need to go through a member to request a peg out or a peg in. Um, And if you're uh, an exchange and payment processor like bull Bitcoin, you're going to be managing uh, different sets of liquidity. We have liquidity on the Bitcoin make chain. We have liquidity on the Bitcoin side chain uh, and the liquid side chain. And we have uh, liquidity on the lightning network. So we may want to rebalance the liquidity between those channels, right? So we may want to close a lightning channel, open a lightning channel. And the same with liquid. We may want to uh, peg out of liquid for Bitcoin or peg in at our convenience. And it's, uh, it's much better to do that <laughs> if you're uh, a member than if you're not a member. Um, so it's definitely uh, worth it for us to do that so we don't have to use a third party, right, in order to use Liquid, which is great. And um, so that's, that's, that's the big news. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to first start to integrate uh, element software in CypherNode. So CypherNode is like the Bitcoin backend of BullBitcoin, but it's an open source software that anybody can use. A few people have already started developing applications on that. So uh, anything that's integrated in CypherNode becomes really easily usable uh, for us and for anyone via just a normal um, uh, web API. So we're gonna be uh, using the, doc- the Docker technology on which uh, CypherNode is made. We're gonna be integrating liquid or elements, sorry, in uh, Docker and then leveraging that. So the second part of the uh, the announcement, I guess, or the, the news, that something that we're working on is, is, uh, we're working on a Canadian dollar asset that's issued on the liquid uh, chain. So, uh, what does that mean? Is it a skip stable coin? Is it a fiat coin? I mean, it's not exa- what we have in mind is not exactly a, a fiat coin because what we want to do is we want to uh, create a, a, uh, a cryptographic asset which is only redeemable for Bitcoin, right? So, uh, right now on the bull Bitcoin platform, we have a system which we call a voucher system. So, um, you fund your account and you buy a voucher and that voucher has a cane dollar balance. And once you have a voucher, you can buy Bitcoin with it at any time you want. Um, however, you cannot transfer this balance to another user on the platform, and you certainly cannot transfer that balance outside of the platform. Uh, you, the only thing you can do with that balance is by Bitcoin yourself. Um, so if we tokenize this balance using Liquid, um, this uh, kind of uh, existing system we already have, this allows the user to withdraw uh, their Canadian uh, dollar balance from Bitcoin onto, for example, their green... Wallet, or uh, and then they can send it peer-to-peer to someone else, and that person uh, can then redeem it for Bitcoin on Bull Bitcoin. So, it's not a Bitcoin-backed stablecoin. It's not necessarily a stablecoin. It's uh, the best way to think about it is like a gift card, uh, which is redeemable at Bull Bitcoin and which will allow you to uh, uh, buy Bitcoin at any time. Uh, which is uh, pretty convenient because you may want to prepare yourself to be able to buy Bitcoin, like funding your account, but you don't want to pull the trigger now, so to speak. You want to wait a little bit. And it's much better for us if users are holding it on uh, the liquid network than in our centralized um, ledger system that we have. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. Obviously, there is always a counterparty risk, right? If you're issuing an asset that is backed by something. In this case, this asset is backed by Canadian uh, dollars in our bank account. Um, the, the the main problem is counterparty risk. So if we disappear, um, that Canadian uh, dollar asset, just like if Tether disappear, the Tether asset is not worth anything anymore because uh, nobody is promising to honor it Uh, but us which anybody can accept it theoretically but uh, they would not be able to get uh, bitcoin in exchange uh, from us Uh, but whatever uh, however there is a difference which is that uh, being a counterparty uh, is not the same as being a custodian so uh, we cannot freeze uh, a balance on your uh, green uh, wallet Uh, you can send it peer-to-peer to anyone else I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we won't be able to to, to track it, right? Uh, using Confident, or at least we'll have, uh, it will be very much more private. You'll be able to send it peer-to-peer. Uh, and we won't be able to uh, to censor those peer-to-peer payments. However, obviously, um, this is only good if uh, you can redeem it for uh, Bitcoin on the bold Bitcoin platform. Um, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing this is uh, we want to uh, figure out how Bitcoin is going to evolve. And uh, that's why we integrate... Uh, Coinjoin. That's why we integrate. Uh, you know, we've, we've always had uh, uh, Beck 32 by default. Um, we're trying to integrate the latest technologies and like the cutting-edge stuff. And um, you know, there's nothing really that is more cutting-edge than Liquid in the, in the Bitcoin space, other than you know Coinjoin and Lightning. You know, Liquid is the uh, Elements is the other the other big uh, the other big project. Um, so yeah, so that's that's about it. Uh, we're
1: gonna take a quick break. We will be right back. So Dave, you still living on the darknet?
0: Yep, all day every day.
1: Do you really need that much privacy, bro?
0: Graham, arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is the same as saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say.
1: Oh, Okay, I guess that's true.
0: I'm telling you, man. Too many spam emails. Targeted ads. I just can't take it
1: anymore. Well, easy, Dave. Haven cares about your privacy. Have you downloaded it yet?
0: oh yeah i have i've even sold a few stuff sold a few things like what that's private
1: okay well for those of you who don't know haven is the world's first privacy focused shopping app for ios and android devices you can shop and chat with other users under the warm security blanket of end-to-end encryption
0: and you can buy and sell stuff using popular cryptocurrencies like litecoin zcash and even bitcoin if you want to i'm a hodler i wouldn't do it
1: i don't blame you dave Tell us how the privacy works again.
0: All your crypto data about your transactions, messages, and all your sensitive information is stored locally on your device.
1: So in other words, it's completely under your control?
0: Yep. Haven uses advanced technology to keep your information private while being simple to use. You don't need to know how end-to-end encryption works or understand decentralization. You just need to know it works for you on Haven.
1: Well, that's great. It also says that all communication is peer-to-peer and end-to-end encrypted. There's no middleman. And you know how I feel about middlemen, Dave. I can't stand them either, Graham. Their time will come. Their time will come.
0: If you care about your privacy, check out Haven today.
1: Go to gethaven.app bitcoinmagpod to get $5 in free crypto today.
0: Again, that's gethaven.app b-i-t-c-o-i-n-m-a-g-p-o-d.
1: That's a lot of spelling, Dave. Boom. Privacy engaged. To the moon.
2: As a federation of exchanges, Liquid Network has this advantage of enabling trades back and forth between exchanges, which helps the Bitcoin network by freeing up block space. So did you also think about this perspective that you're basically contributing to the reduction of black space occupation and Bitcoin?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the For normal users, sometimes you don't need to have a next block confirmation, right? You can uh, afford to wait a few hours, you can afford to wait a day, but if you're an exchange, you can't really do that because uh, you have uh, exposition to the Bitcoin price, you may want to hedge, you may want to need to liquidate Bitcoin very fast. So we're always going to pay very high fees because we want our transactions to be included in the the next block. So we don't want to contribute to raising the fees for other users just because we can and just because, you know, our business model depends on that. Uh, I remember in uh, November uh, and December 2017, um, when there was the, the, the fee spike, um, I mean, bills was affected. Uh, you know, It was very difficult. The payments would confirm uh, after two days. We didn't know if they would be dropped for the mempool or not. Our users were scared because their transaction was not being confirmed. They didn't know if it was going to go through. They had bills to pay. And obviously, we can't pay someone's credit card bill unless there is a confirmation and you know if you are supposed to pay on the 25 uh, 29 of the month and you know bitcoin's taking three days uh, that's quite inconvenient and also um, same thing if we, we as an exchange uh, and a payment processor we transact with other exchanges and, and payment processors we send bitcoin back and forth we use each other as an industry to rebalance our liquidity to hedge ourselves And so a lot of the Bitcoin transactions that are happening are sometimes between exchanges. Uh, I really hope that many, many more Bitcoin exchange uh, are adopting Liquid because if there's enough people that are accepting LBTC and that are sending LBTC, well, uh, well, at least between each other, we have... uh, uh, and these transactions that the exchanges are doing have a lot of UTXOs, right? I mean, uh, imagine you're receiving like a hundred user deposits during the day, and uh, you want to send a, a, a transaction using those UTXOs. I mean, this is a very large transaction. It's a transaction that can cost you, uh, you know, tens of dollars, hundreds of dollars. I also remember in, uh, in November 2017, I did one transaction that had the $1,000 US transaction fee and it had like 250 inputs, you know, uh, UTXOs. Um, so uh, absolutely, I mean, uh, the, the, our business model is dependent on the success of Bitcoin. If Bitcoin blockchain is completely full, it's okay, but if it's completely full and people cannot use it, that is not okay. Um, so even if the blocks are full, which is good because that means that the miners are making money from transaction fees, we don't want to uh, t- to dramatically reduce. Uh, we don't certainly don't want the Bitcoin experience in the future to be worse than it is today. Um, so uh, hopefully LBTC is going to be one of those solutions, and uh, definitely between the exchanges, you cannot use Lightning Network, right? So Lightning Network is a second uh, is a layer two solution. But it's not, a, it, it's not a B2B channel, right? You cannot send large amounts over Lightning. Right now, the, uh, the, amount is, uh, the maximum amount of a channel is 0.16 Bitcoins. No, it, it
1: depends on your implementation.
3: It depends on your implementation. But if, even if it is one Bitcoin as the channel amount, you still have, need to find a route for that one, one Bitcoin. Uh, imagine 50. Imagine 100. Imagine a 1, thousand. It's going to be very difficult to use a uh, Lightning. Uh, at least I see it in the foreseeable future um, for large B2B transfers. So I mean, I think Liquid has a really nice niche. I I expect the way that it's going to develop is going to be traders and institutions and exchanges and brokers are going to be using liquid, which frees up uh, the block space for the other users. And the the retail users are going to be using something like Lightning Network, which is uh, um, less liquid. I mean, there's a reason why liquid is called liquid, Uh, because it's more liquid than something like Lightning Network. So uh, those those mix of two, I think, is going to be quite interesting to see if it shapes out. And, um, you know, we will figure out if uh, the market wants this or not. And then if the market uh, wants this, we will be vindicated and saying that these kind of solutions are great and we can continue innovating on them. And if the market sees some issues with that, then we can give some feedback to the makers of uh, Elements, Blockstream. Uh, and they can incorporate the feedback from actual real users in the wild into their software to maybe make some changes. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. We're we're winning because it's also a great learning experience for us to be, What it, what is it like to integrate a second layer two solution? This is a very rare knowledge. Like who knows what integrating layer two is gonna look like. Um, well, the per- people who integrate Lightning and people who integrate Liquid, they do know that. So in the future, I mean, if, there is a, if this is the way it's going to go, we're going to have a big advantage over the people that uh, are not learning this stuff today.
2: Right. I also know about Bull Bitcoin for a fact that you're possibly the first exchange in the world to encourage coin join transactions. And you basically said at some point on Twitter, I'm not sure if it was ironic, but you said that you would basically
3: not allow transactions that are not coin joined. Right, that is uh, that is correct. So um, one of the things that we value a lot is uh, privacy. So Bull Bitcoin is a KYC exchange, right? So obviously, uh, there's no complete privacy when using our service. Obviously. Uh, however, uh, on-chain uh, analysis, Bitcoin chain analysis, has nothing to do with KYC. There is no requirement for us to do chain analysis. There is no requirement for us to keep our users de-anonymized. And uh, a lot of uh, every single exchange in the world, actually, I believe, is is the victim of, uh, of chain analysis attacks by uh, either competitors or nation states or hackers or fraudsters. There's many ways uh, uh, these people are de-anonymizing the users of exchanges. Some of it is dust attacks, some of it is just analysis. But we don't want uh, uh, other people to know that uh, people are using our service it is the right of the user to decide whether or not his uh, uh, financial transaction data is given to third parties or not um, and um, uh, so what we did was we integrated CoinJoin in bullbitcoin. Bitcoin practically what that means is that whenever a user uh, sends bitcoins to build Bitcoin uh, to pay someone else or to pay a bill that Bitcoin is goes directly into a coin join and it is not spent until the anonymity set is reached and when you buy Bitcoin from Bull Bitcoin, every Bitcoin that you buy is coming out of a coin joint. So you have no visibility over where that Bitcoin comes from. That means that nobody else has that visibility uh, over where that Bitcoin came from. So if someone asks you, hey, you bought Bitcoin on BullBitcoin, what, uh, what is the transaction history of that UTXO? You're going to say, I don't know. I came out of CoinJoin, it's a black box. Um, so that was the first step. Um, the second step is that I am, I mean, obviously I'm a Bitcoiner, so I'm a huge privacy enthusiast. I mean, I think by default, everyone is in this space. And um, uh, I look at the privacy regulations in Canada to make sure that everything we were doing was legal. And actually, I realized that in Canada specifically, but probably in other jurisdictions, it's not legal for you as a a company, as a service provider, to uh, leak uh, accidentally or willfully uh, the uh, personal information of one of your users without their consent. And if I am not managing my users UTXOs that are depositing or buying from me correctly, I am, in fact, uh, leaking that uh, uh, the user Information to third parties without their consent because anybody can look on the blockchain and try to figure that out. So not only is it legal to do KYC, I believe that it is illegal to not, uh, sorry, not, not only is le- is it legal to do coin join, I believe that it might actually be illegal not to do coin join. At least, I think that if you're not doing coin join, uh, you're uh, very possibly breaching Canada's Privacy Act. So when I say that um, uh, we will one day not accept anything other than Coinjoin, what I mean by that is coin join c- currently um, requires uh, users to be able to send to BEC32 address, the native segwit address. This is how it works. So if the user's wallet is not um, BEC32 compatible, they cannot send to us using the CoinJoin. So on our website, we have two options. You can send to BEC32, which goes into a CoinJoin, and we can send to Legacy Segwit, which doesn't send into a CoinJoin. What we've realized is that a very, very large proportion of users actually use the default setting, which is BEC32, which means that, uh, I haven't checked the statistics, but it's anywhere between 75% to 90% of the users, something around that, 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 that proportion are able to send directly to BEC32 addresses, which means they're using um, compatible wallets. Uh, I think that uh, uh, pretty much around a year after we launched CoinJoin the first time, which was something around May. So uh, next May, uh, we, uh, it's, I mean, we are going to remove the non-BEC32 address, uh, so the legacy address. We're only going to be uh, accepting uh, BEC32 payments after we've given our users a little while to get used to a new wallet. So um, right now, about uh, 70 to 90% of the users of Bulbacorn are are opting uh, into the default setting, which is CoinJoin, and uh, eventually we're going to... Uh, remove all the other options, so they will not have any other choice but uh, to use CoinJunk through our system. And uh, I think the other users, uh, the other exchanges that are not implementing this, need to think very severely uh, to the consequences of what they're doing. If they're using uh, uh, single deposit addresses, that's very, very bad. I've seen ex- exchanges that are supposed to be good exchanges, that are, uh, only have one Bitcoin address for their user deposits. There is nothing worse for launching privacy, nothing. This is the absolute, you know, short of tweeting out which one is your Bitcoin address, reusing your Bitcoin address for deposits multiple times is probably the worst thing to do. And other than that, uh, I don't think they they do much management of the UTXOs from a privacy perspective. I mean, certainly as a researcher of, of these systems, I mean, I can look at an exchange, uh, I can go on an exchange, I can try to do a deposit, I can look at one of their addresses, I can send some some dust in there, and I can reverse engineer how much volume they're doing, who they're transacting with, with other exchanges or their partners. Um, So exchanges really need to not see this as a... It's not theoretical. This is not like a symbolic thing we're doing. We are protecting our users, we're protecting ourselves, and we're ensuring that we're compliant with privacy regulations.
2: Okay, but do you ever worry about fungibility and the fact that the customers, once they buy Bitcoins on bull Bitcoin, they will will not be able to spend it in some places that may not accept coins that do not go through chain analysis and do not get that green pass?
3: Um, I'm not worried about that. I think it's definitely something that's possible that can happen. Uh, So far, it has not happened. So, so far, we have never heard of a user having any issues because um, he was uh, 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 using uh, Bitcoins that came out of a a coin join. And uh, even if they do... You know, um, it's not my problem. It's not, uh, the user should not be using the other service. The user should definitely keep using Bitcoin, and she, he should contact the other service and say, hey, I mean, a coin joint transaction is perfectly normal. Uh, Bitcoin is doing, other people are doing it. Uh, why are you blocking a coin joint transaction? Uh, and there is no good reason for that. Right? There, there is no, I have never seen a single regulation which forces an exchange or a service to do chain analysis. I've never seen that. What I have seen is exchanges that want to please the banks. They want to look like good boys in front of the banks uh, they go tell the banks, hey, look at that, we have a chain analysis solution, we're compliant, give us a bank account. I have seen that happening, but none of them are obligated to do that as far as I can tell. Uh, so, you know, people are going to have to adapt to us. And this is the mentality that we have at Bold Bitcoin. It's like, we're going to do things our way. And our way is what we believe is the best best practice. And uh, it's up to other people to adapt to that or to convince us that it's not the best practice. So, so far, nobody has been able to convince me that doing Conjoin was a bad idea. And until then, it's the others who are going to have to adapt to us.
2: Thank you very much. That was inspiring. So, Francis Puglio, best of luck to Bold Bitcoin. Like
3: Thank
1: The Bitcoin Magazine Podcast is a BTC media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. You can find us over on Twitter at Bitcoin Magazine, and you can find other engaging shows over at letstalkbitcoin.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next time.